This is kind of dark, but if I was going to pick any game to kick off uh, my uh, YouTube watch party, it would have been last night for sure. Uh, that must that must have been super easy for you, Steve. I'm sure you're. Top. I'm, sh- I'm sure you're fucking thrilled thrilled about how that went. I tried to warn you last episode when I questioned <laughs> the premise of this idea. <laughs> But you do you, Steve. So how'd it go? This wasn't my idea. I just <laughs> how, approved how it, it and did it. Was it okay? Um, that's one of the top ten hardest things I've done in my career. Um, yeah. That was that was extremely difficult. I mean, what do you say? What do you say during that? Um, I didn't know, but luckily got a great great crew working there on the on the digital side of things there at Sportsnet, and I, I thought we did a great job. I do like um, the way we the way we handled the incident, the way we handled the rest of the game. I mean, it's such a fun concept, and I mean, uh, just to uh, you know what? That's just bad luck. There's no yeah. there's no other way to describe. Like we tease you, it's dark humor, but at the end of the day, you're not. No one's expecting that. No one is expecting that. No, you're just no. expecting a hockey game. Not in a million years, and it's the second, like. This hockey team, like, there, there's you, you start to believe in ghosts. Like, yeah. are we moving? Are we moving off the the live stream thing? <laughs> like two seconds on I just I want to give Sportsnet credit because going into it, the idea was you sit there and you watch the game with Steve, and I didn't think they would give up the uh, I guess the rights and have the game next to you on the screen. And I thought that was really cool of them to do the right thing, which is put the game next to your face so you can watch it on the same screen and um not have it in front of your tv so like kudos to them for not gatekeeping hey we don't want to put up the game live on youtube because like then it takes away from our ratings they didn't do that Mm -hmm. they actually did the cool thing and they put it on youtube so shout out them for doing that and for for everyone not from canada please stop yelling at me personally for (laughs) for not making it available outside canada and it's not sportsnet's fault either you don't think they want the money yeah, that's it's, beyond it's, their control. <laughs> yeah, it's illegal. They yeah. they don't own the rights outside of Canada. Like I they, think it's I think the I right thing to. here though is to blame Steve. Like yeah. seri- <laughs> like if you're gonna do anything, blame it all on Steve. For international and, law, blame that's Steve. right. <laughs> Copyright law at that, which Steve knows so much about and we've never gotten in trouble for before, ever. No, no, never. I've never. One day we're going to be able to talk about that. One day. Uh, Whatever. It's all good. Uh, Yeah, actually, none of the none of the pivotal people are here anymore. But hey, long story short, uh, last night was a humongous fucking bummer. Uh, We do have to talk about it. Thankfully, we don't have to play the replay for you, and we won't. Um, And I think. I think really the focus of this episode, which is supposed to be fun. We're going into a long weekend here in Canada. It's supposed to be our first Friday episode. Um, I think, you know, what has been said about the Tavares hit has been said. I think we start with the good news here, which is he sent his own teammates a a message last night after the game, according to Austin Matthews. Uh, I think we also need to to mention that, you know, Sheldon Keefe did come out and say, yes, he has a concussion. He is out indefinitely. The Montreal Canadiens mid-game put out a statement uh, expressing their concern for him. 
a real classy move by the organization and, and, and pretty great and, and not something you see very often. It was a freak accident. And I mean, you know, there are those very few outliers who are like, no, Perry meant to, but like, come on. If, and, and then, the, you know, I think the thing we, you know, we should probably talk about, because I'm not even going to dignify that Corey Perry tried to knee him in the face thing because no. it's, it's just not real. Um, the, the fight afterwards with Felino, people were for sure uh, mixed about. There is, the, there is definitely the crowd that was like, you know, I felt better after that, that made it better for me. And then there's the crowd that's like, you know, uh, what the hell's wrong with Felino? Obviously, it was a, you know, obviously it was a mistake, blah, 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 blah. I, I want to know where you guys sort of fall on it. How did it feel at the time? And how does it feel, you know, with a, a sleep and 24 hours later? Well, uh, you guys had the sleep. Uh, oh, so sleep. I'll, I'll defer to you. <laughs> well, I, no, no. I, I know. I know my opinion. Sorry. Well, I was, that, I was we want your opinion. It's the Steve Nagel podcast. So we'd sure. love to hear what you, you have can to go say. first, sure. Steve. Okay, <laughs> sure. Here, so here we go. Um, uh, you can actually go back and see my live reaction. It's It's on the stream. But I was like, this is this is needless. This is pointless. What, what is the point of all this? And before Felino even had a chance to say anything after the game, I was like, okay, so I'm on the Leafs and I'm watching Kerfoot and shock and the entire team has left the bench and Matthews looks like he's on the verge of tears and Keith looks like he's at a loss. You got to do something, anything to, drag your teammates back into hey you're in the middle of a playoff game here mm -hmm. you, you got to do something to snap them back to reality even if it's being the bad guy for a moment and i thought it was the most hockey thing ever that felino's like well i have to do this and perry's like yeah i guess you do and weber's like okay fine like he didn't even <laughs> he didn't even he was saying no but like Shea Weber is big enough to make it to just make it. So yeah. it's not a suggestion. It's Shea Weber. He, he will force his hand. Um, I got to give props to Perry um, for the way he handled it. He obviously, he felt sick too. I felt bad for him having to fight. Um, but like Felino's just trying to snap his team back into it because once he, once they got Tavares off the ice, they continued a playoff game. You know, it's, what, what do you do? What do you do? I think he would have been better off just playing, to be honest. Like Felino, for no, no one paid a first and two fourths for Perry. No offense, right? You know, so I'd I'd rather have Nick Felino on the ice. Um, but what do you what are you gonna do, Jesse? When you were asking the question, you were talking about how like people's reaction was like, oh, that made me feel uncomfortable, or I really like that, but from my perspective, like it was necessary because at the end of it, the guys on the ice all felt kind of relieved that that had happened. Cause mm. at the end of the fight, what did we see? We saw stick taps from the, from the 40 yeah. guys on the ice. Like all of them uh, stood there in the bench and they tapped their sticks and it gave them this little, I don't know, this breather, this, the separation from the horrible incident to then, Hey, we get this fight then let's start playing. And I think it was necessary just for the guys in the ice. Like hockey's so dumb and has these dumb things. <laughs> One thing that that fighting is in there for is to just 
to end things. Like if if yeah. if you have a fight, then you you fought and then you move on because that's just how the dumb hockey rules work. You okay? We settled that big hit. The guy got into a, a guy had to fight afterwards. Now we move on. We play the rest of the game. And for something like that big and dramatic and and to happen to your captain, you needed that separation. And Felino recognized that, and he's he was a captain himself. Like if anybody is going to understand what needs to be done in that moment, it's this guy. And Perry's like, yeah, I got to do it because he understands the hockey code, how dumb it is. And they had that fight, and I think it was completely necessary just for the, everybody on the ice at that moment. If Don't I hate can. the player, hate the game. Well, oh, yeah, and the, it's, and the it's that's what it is. It's that's not a Felino thing, and I and I gotta say, Adam, before you before you continue, the former NHLers getting on Twitter saying it was a dumb fight. Um, can well, oh, okay, you you giving all your money back from your career? Which like, one? You you played in the early two thousands and nineties. Are you talking about someone very specific? <laughs> I'm talking about two guys very specifically, Ooh. but I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to bother. I know, but okay. like, what, you played in the '90s and early 2000s. You liar! What? What are you talking about? Dumb fight! It would have been you throwing the fists. What are you talking about? What? Oh, it would have been much better if they did what George Larocque did and civilly said, "Hey, would you like to trade traumatic blows to the head? All right, good luck, man." Like, get get out of here. Get out of here. I, th- I thought that made no sense, uh, you know, sticking sticking their nose up uh, at this when they made an entire career of it. Shut up. At, at the core, like all fighting in hockey is kind of dumb. Like that's not what the game yeah. The game is about scoring goals. You should never stop and and purposely get a penalty and put yourself in a box for five minutes because the game is about winning the game. It so ends it, it's all dumb, but it happens. To your point, Jesse, it ends it until it doesn't. Like what happens if if Felino Coldcox Perry and now he's out? Mm-hmm. Now now he got knocked out in a fight he shouldn't have even been in and it's World War Three. Right. But I, I think I think in that like the fight was barely a fight. Like I think yes. even he wouldn't go to the length of Coldcock and him trying to knock him out. Yeah, well, let me I don't hit think you Perry, a couple times. I don't think Perry put up too much of a fight either. Like yeah. you know what I mean? It wasn't. No. You were like, oh, Felino won that one. I'm like, I don't think Perry was swinging for the fences. Now nobody won. <laughs> I'll tell you. I, I gotta say, when I saw, because uh, I was sitting in my living room watching it, when I saw the the thing that take place with Tavares, at no point did I think Corey Perry was culpable or that he would intentionally do that however what i did think was okay maybe the leafs bench thinks he is because he's a rat and we know that and he's and you know cry wolf right he's got a reputation for this so maybe this is the one time he's innocent but i could point you to plenty of Corey perry clips and i'm sure everybody in the nhl knows uh uh, where he was not innocent and people were injured and that was just the way he played and, and he was celebrated for it um on this particular occasion though i felt after the felino fight kind of yucky and I already felt shook up, and I think we all did, about the Tavares, of what happened to John Tavares. But um, I think, you know, I understand the reasoning behind it, although I believe it's incredibly flawed. Um, and I don't think it benefited. I don't think it was a net positive for the Leafs in the end. And I think, you know, that goes towards how the rest of the game was played. Like, the Leafs look good in the second period, but yep. you could kind of see it sort of unravel. Montreal plays pretty boring hockey in the third and they just don't seem to be able to get anything through and they feel their passes aren't crisp they're not skating that well um the 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 entry zones like entering the offensive zone on the power play becomes almost impossible like they just there was there was some really bad and then of course you double that up with how many over the glass penalties were there it was Hall, Marner and Nylander Mm -hmm. three 
it's it's unacceptable. And like, okay, three over the glass penalties. Spezza took two penalties, and I said in my LFR today, I'm like, like, were you holding a machete? You got two penalties in a Stanley Cup playoff game. You know how hard that is. Yeah. Um, Simmons wasn't much of a factor. Thornton with two offensive zone turnovers. Um, the grumpy old men line was awful. Um, like individually, I know they were kind of chopped up and divvied up over the roster because Sheldon Keefe had to do some juggling uh, with Tavares out of the lineup. But what a what a terribly ineffective game from three of your most experienced guys. I think Spezza got the assist on the Nylander goal. So, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a mark to him after two demerits. You know, it's uh, it, it wasn't good enough. But am I weird in saying after watching that loss, they lost, um, that they're going to win this series? Like I watched that. I watched the Leafs at their worst. Yeah, I'm all ears. They. It's, I watched them I'm at not their feeling worst. good about it. I watched them at their worst, and I watched them hand that game to the Montreal Canadiens. There, guys, we could watch hockey the rest of our uh, the rest of our lives. I don't think we'll see three over the glass penalties in a playoff game again. Mm-hmm. Um, watch, they're going to do it in game two. But <laughs> clip this, please. Like I know, please do. But like, we're not going to see that again. Um. Jack Campbell looked great. Um, Matthews, we know he can do better than that. Um, Price made a couple spectacular saves. That martyr blocker save was unbelievable. 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 Um, you know, Jack Campbell even had at the very beginning of the game, he had a great pad save on a breakaway on Josh Anderson. Like, yep. Anderson Campbell, was Campbell an was, animal. Anderson was the best player on either team on the, Easily. Ice, the entire yes. night. Easily. Yeah. Easily. He was, he was the best player. Um, but I, I just I watched that and I went, you know what? They're going to be all right. Like yeah. considering they, they penalty wise, they did things they would they would never do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were down a man, and that man happened to be John Tavares. Yeah, they can, they can, absolutely come back game two with whatever combination of players they're going to come out with and win. And they are a very very good five on five team. But we do need to talk about this power play, like. Like, uh, I, I, I'm not seeing, and this is the problem I had with Babs as well. With Manny Malhotra, I'm not seeing any adjustments. Am I wrong? Have they there changed the, much? Sandine got kicked off for Riley. That was the right. one late change they made. Which I thought was odd. It's like, why is Sandine running PP1 when Riley's been running it all year? Maybe you're trying to change that, I guess. Maybe that's your change. I like Sandine there because the first two power plays I thought were actually very effective. Mm-hmm. They just they weren't able to convert. Uh, the second power play, I think they had three legitimate scoring chances. Sandine loses the foot race to uh, Paul Byron. Yeah, but again, it was an offensive turnover from Thornton again. Yeah, again, Thornton had a bad game. I, he had a bad game. I don't know why he's out there on the power play. I well, well yeah. what I wanted to see, well, and I think Jesse's probably going to say the you same thing. Ahead. I am. I want meat in the blue paint. I mm. want Thornton there. I want Felino there. I want Simmons there. I want Hyman there. Uh, Nylander's not quite in the paint. He's just sneakily hiding outside of the paint and then he bangs it in they, they got to get meat in front of this guy uh because if he can't see it then he's just some other goalie 
if you can see it, he's Carey Price. Yeah, the Marner one timer from the uh, from the circle closest to us at the end when it was just a clear shot onto Carey uh, Carey Price, and they just caught it, and then they had another face off. Like that felt to me like I was like, oh, that's how the entire game's been going. Just these clear shots, just just right at the body, and Carey Price has just been stopping them. And then when he needs to make this big save, he makes the big save. Like, and that was just kind of how the power play went the entire game. Man, it's yeah. It's a disappointing finish, disappointing finish. But the, the way I saw people reacting, you'd think they were terrible. Like that's as bad a game as we've seen them play all season. And they still lost by one. Yeah. The They're going to win the series. The They're going to win the series for uh, the Matthews line were 80% when they were on the ice. They outshot uh, 13 to three when they're on the ice as well. And then the, uh, the second line, they had their expected goals um, up as well on uh, the second line versus Canadians. So how about the penalty kills? Uh, penalty kill, I don't have any advanced stats for that. No, no, no. Like, I'm just saying, how about how it? About oh, it? Like, it was <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's real good. It was yeah, yeah. real good. I mean, practice makes good. perfect for God's And Paul sake. Byron, he made, he he scored a goal that you score in NHL when you go to the knees and you can still hand the stick handle the puck after you get tripped. That's I, literally the goal he scored. It's it unbelievable. It's better than the video games because in the video games you get stuck on both knees in the animation i don't remember who pointed it out on twitter he switched knees from his knees he was balancing on one and went to the other and ah and like campbell (laughs) had a fantastic game and it was two partial breaks that beat him including that and by the way like the criticism of the newspapers who use the gruesome photos like on on the on the front page and and everything that that picture of Paul Byron on his knees from the from the corner camera, that should win awards. That's a great picture. That's a yeah. It's too bad they didn't go with that. Every Habs fan should be ordering a blow up print of that picture right now. Should be behind Eric Engels in his kitchen when he comes on the podcast next. You're absolutely right. Get his wife to paint that one. Yeah, yeah that's that's a hell of a photo. Hell of a goal. Um, so I believe I don't know that what was supposed to do. Mark Blinch, he's the uh, team photographer for the Maple Leafs. I believe he took that photo. He's he's unbelievable. I love his work. No, really, he does make great. He does take great shots. So you know, I think really on the end of the thing, what what I want to focus on here is Saturday night. You guys are uh, like, I have to be honest with you. I'm not feeling as positive as you guys are. So I'm all ears and listening to this because here's the thing. You know, I was, I was ranting a little bit on Twitter yesterday as, as one does when one is emotional and you shouldn't do. But I thought, first off, there's a lot of people who are like, fuck, this team is cursed. And you do oh, start yeah. to feel that way. And like, I, I think I tweeted it last night. It was like, I sincerely hate cheering for the Leafs. Sometimes I do. Huh. I really do. To- to, to, to get back to the ghost thing that I was saying earlier, to, to give you an idea of cursed, this is the second straight year that a Leaf has been stretchered off the ice in a playoff game because they got hit and accidentally fell into someone. Yep. Muzzin lost. Like, they were both accidents. What are the odds? Well, remember what it happened they, to Roman Why doesn't that happen in game 28? Happened like, if it's got to happen, caps. what? Roman Polak caps. Oh, every year it's something. I, I Someone had a list going. Roman Polak with the leg break against the Caps. Um, uh, Kadri and Kadri, I don't think, count as injuries. Um, but still. And, but still. Losing uh, them sucked. And then Muzzin and now Tavares. And yeah. um, everyone stopped with, uh, we have no idea when he's coming back. No. going to be no, next season. Speculate. 
if it's going to be game three, I, I do. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? You, yeah. you can't know. I mean, he got, it was less than 24 hours ago at the time that we're, uh, we're doing this. I'm amazed he's out of hospital. Mm-hmm. To concussions me, are just the concussions are voodoo in the way that you just wait and see just one day it's yeah. just it's okay i'm better now and oh maybe i still have symptoms a month from now like look at um when crosby went through his concussion thing it was he was perfectly fine it was just in his brain he just didn't feel right and he was just out for months yeah and he ended up misdiagnosis with his neck too mm-hmm. yeah. which oh sorry one one uh thing there so the medical staff they, they were getting some heat and the first time i saw it when they were trying to it looked like they were trying to pick Tavares up and he fell backward which was like traumatizing to watch and dubis was obviously panicking and slapping the table and everything there's uh, a doctor on youtube who does exactly what i've been begging someone to do for years where he looks at sports injuries and he breaks them down so and it's super graphic if you want to look it up but just be warned it's super graphic brian suterer is his name and he was praising the medical staff because what that guy was actually doing the medic was actually doing is he was trying to uh brace Tavares's neck mm-hmm. the issue was Tavares, who was half conscious was trying to get up because he doesn't know what he's doing mm-hmm. so i don't i don't think anyone on the on the team's Medical staff. Did hey, anything wrong. everyone on Twitter, anybody... you're not a doctor. You're Shut not a up. Doctor. Shut you're up. not like, don't look at the TV and be like, oh, the doctor should be doing this. You're not a doctor. And let me say this about the criticism. What did you of... think he was picking him up by the neck like Kane? Like, and then he goes like this and fire goes behind him. And what the, f- sorry. Anyway, yes, let me say this too about the, uh, about the coverage that, that Sportsnet slash Hockey Night in Canada had. So a lot of people, um, pissed off with Sportsnet about rerunning what happened, especially in the first intermission. Because, like, literally, um, it was such a big story that they completely didn't even talk about the fact that Josh Anderson had scored. Like, that was not even broken down. And and I think from – it's so funny when I tweeted this out because people – uh, people in heightened emotion states sort of sometimes forget who they're talking to, right? Nah. Like, I've been doing this for 15 years. I know what I'm talking about. I was 18 when I started on the air. And let me tell you something. Sportsnet had to rerun the clip. As much as you hated it, as much as you wanted to look away, I fucking hated it too. I even said that. But if you are doing a broadcast to a national audience and people are just tuning in, not everybody watches the game like we do. We watch front to back. We don't wait, we don't miss a fucking minute. And when we go to the bathroom, it's during commercial break and that's it, right? We're super strict about that. But there were people who were like, I just don't understand. We've already seen it. Oh, uh, yeah, you've seen it. But to provide context to other people who haven't seen it, people are like, well, they could look it up. No, man, your 85-year-old grandfather is not looking it up. This is a national broadcast for everybody, not just people 18 to 34 or 25 to 54 on Twitter. And I think it's really important that you – I know everybody was mad. I know everybody's mad. I get it. You know, there's a lot to be upset about. But that, that ain't it. That's their job. They're a news organization. They're a sports news organization, but it's news and they got to talk about it. When there is a car accident, when I was on breakfast television, what do you show? Viz of the car accident. Why? Because you need to contextualize things for people. You don't have to like it. You don't have to watch it, but that is the job. And it's not an easy one. So I I really hated when people were tagging the actual on-air personalities about it too, because they, this is what they're paid to do. They have to do this. If you don't like it, Put it on mute for the intermission. Go get some popcorn and come back for the second period. 
That's what also, it is. Elliot Friedman's not sitting there saying, run the clip. He's yeah, not pressing the give play me, button. Give me more of the, the gratuitous yeah. violence. Like, like yeah. fuck. Anyway, yeah, Elliot Friedman. Well, and by the way, my other hand uh, is up Adam's ass. I'm, I'm doing a ventriloquist, uh, doing Rogers propaganda. No, so I actually, uh, the first intermission, I didn't see it. Um, I didn't hear a single second of the broadcast uh, mm. doing the stream and the intermission. We didn't have it up. So I saw some people were upset about it. Um, I didn't they did the right it. thing. They I, did what they had to do. What what I was saying. So I was, I was talking to my brother-in-law because he's like, I kind of showed it a lot. <laughs> and uh, I, in the moment, didn't actually notice because I was just reacting like, what the, what the hell do we do? Um, but the, the reason I think showing the replay at least a couple times is important there is the story is John Tavares, you know, was just stretchered off. Mm-hmm. And I think the first question most people would ask is why? Yeah. So when I saw the hit, so I saw the hit in real time, you can go back and see my reaction. I saw, I saw him get hit by Sherratt and go off screen. And I went, Ooh, that looked like it hurt or whatever. And then the play stops and the camera goes to Tavares and he's face down on the ice. And I'm like, what that didn't, it didn't look that bad. What did I miss? Then they show the two replays and what the replays did was absolve the Montreal Canadians of wrongdoing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't, Hey, look at it. it's, it's our, the John Tavares is hurt. Why did someone do something wrong? And keep in mind, this is the day after Nazem Kadri is about to get dinged for his... Which we're getting to next. We we do have to get into it quickly. Right, sorry. So everyone's like, oh, it's another brutal hit and blah, blah. No, uh, showing it a couple times, you realize it's just a freak accident. So I I did not see the intermission, but in real time, that's you got to show it at least twice, I think. Um, I do want to make, yeah, you do have to show it. Sorry, guys. It's just, it's just the way it is. And again, you have every option to look away. Nothing's forcing you to watch it. So uh, they have to do that. It's context. And not everybody who watches the game you, the way you do. You have to, people come in and out and they need it. Now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I do want to say that I, there's no proper way to break this down because we don't have the visuals fully posted yet and we don't know how it all went. But Jim Benning just finished up a press conference with Vancouver and it doesn't look as though it went that well. Travis Green has re-upped, uh, had two more years. Benning also mentioned that uh, buyouts, trades, free agency are all on the table. They are going to buy some people out. You would think Louis Erickson, Jake Vertanen, um, Antoine Roussel. And on the Jake Vertanen front, I'm going to read you a direct quote from uh, uh, Brennan uh, Batchelor, Batch Hockey. 
Jim ben- betting on the Vertanen situation. And if you need to be caught up on this, there are allegations about um, Jake Vertanen and a sexual assault uh, with a young woman during training camp. Now, um, several this- years ago. Several years ago, this and it's just coming to light in the last few weeks. Bertanen had, you know, right. since this has come out, has not played. Um, and here's what Jim Benning had to say on the situation: "Quote: The girl put her blog out there. A reporter was going to write a story. They communicated that to us. Chris Gear, our chief legal counsel, got involved with it. We took the allegation seriously. And apparently, multiple times throughout, uh, he referred to the victim as the girl. And People that is obviously not flying well. People are not thrilled with the way I, just just the initial reaction. People are not thrilled with the way he answered the question. But I want I want to s- state specifically that we have not had the chance to watch this, and we have not yeah. th- had the chance to really break it down. So we can't really get into it much further than what I'm telling you right now. Um, but it did happen. Um, you know, Canucks fans are all the Canucks fans I follow are pretty not thrilled with the way things are going there at the moment. So apparently this is the seven-year anniversary of him getting the job at the Canucks. That or I'm getting boothed. Like, so he he, he posted a screenshot of, oh, it's this. And whenever he posts something now, I'm like, is this real? Do, mm-hmm. do I look it up? Um, your general manager, apart from being able to build a hockey team that wins games and being able to instill a culture that your players and your fan base believes in, he's got to be able to talk for God's sake. Mm. That's what leaders do. But he can't. Mm -hmm. Every trip in front of a microphone for this guy is calamity of some sort. And it it can't happen anymore. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Get him away. Get him away from the microphone. That's enough. He's embarrassing the team. It's brutal. It's fair. It's a fair point. Um, And with regards to... um, uh, the, what their plans are this summer. He said they want to, quote, be aggressive in free agency and trade, which is not good <laughs> because we've seen what happens when they're aggressive in free agency. Uh, but the goal is for the Canucks to make the playoffs next year. And they seem to think that adding more depth will be the way to do it. Yeah, they're going to be better next year. You know that, right? Oh, sure. Patterson's going to play. They're going to be, and there are going to be fluff pieces about, ah, see, holding on to Benning was the right move. And they'll be just stupendously mediocre. Like, I'm so confident with the good parts of the Canucks. I'm so confident that if you put a different brain in there, that different brain will keep the good parts and help get rid of the bad. Mm-hmm. But you you keep the same guy. He's been there for seven years. You haven't done a thing. What's the illusion? They got to stop. They got to stop. That's enough with this guy. Yeah. Well, it's not, though. <laughs> He's back for another year. And that'll make for a very interesting offseason. I, I would think they're going to talk to the Kraken before they do the buyouts. Wouldn't you? I, if I was the Kraken... Adam, I would have, I would have a, a two tin cans on a string so long that it stretches from Seattle to Vancouver, talk so I could talk to Jim Benning every moment of the day if I was a Seattle Kraken. 
The JT Miller trade is one of his highlights and everybody likes to point to that. And I say, yes, but for every JT Miller trade, there are three bad free agency signings, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and the Canucks took that pick and, or sorry, the Lightning took that pick and went and won a cup with it. So yeah, I don't think they care. I think they spend it on either Blake Coleman or Barclay Goudreau. One of the two. Both of Uh, them are Stanley Cup champions. Bingo. Now let's move on to Nazem Kadri. And this is a... Uh, uh, unfortunately, something that's all too familiar with Toronto Maple Leafs fans. Uh, absolutely lays out Justin Falk in a clear charge, uh, is suspended, and this is something we've seen before. Do we have Groundhog games day. yet? Hmm? Do we have games yet? Not yet. Not yet. No. No. Not as so, of the recording. No. Nas, Nas was unbelievable in last year's playoffs. He really was. But now... Like here are his last four playoffs. Okay, mm-hmm. suspended game one, suspended game two, really long run, suspended game two. That's a non-option. That's a non-option. That's he's a he's a he's a better better than depth player. He can be your second or third center. He can be. He, I think he's a very good second line wing option. This is an exceptional hockey player who you cannot trust in the playoffs. So he's a non option. He's a non, like the, the two things with Boston were red mist situations where he lost his temper. This is, I mean, that's his, that's his, I was amazed by the reaction. It's as bad a hit as we've seen in hockey in years. And it actually, it actually kind of helped me realize like how far the games come. Like this used to be a near weekly thing mm-hmm. with like Matt Cook and Rafi Torres just braining guys, braining guys twice a month. It was wild. And, and so to see this, this hit turn the clock back about a decade. I mean, I, I hope Justin Falk's okay, but like Nas, I don't know when the show is going to get posted, but everyone prepare for him to get 10. You think so? Yeah. Well, cause it it feels like Nas is, and I I know he's not on the Leafs anymore. I don't have to go to bat for him quite the way I used to, but like it just feels like he's the only one who's actually suspended the way players are meant to be. <laughs> Where and and I tell you what, uh, get get ready for this to get dragged up. It's it's a great it's a legitimate argument. If this guy gets dinged, I'm having a difficult time understanding how Wilson only got a fine. Okay, Wilson's punch on Buchnevich or what he did to Panarin. Is it worse than the hit? No, I don't think so. This is a, this is, he didn't, and stop at the he glanced off the shoulder. No, he didn't. That was directly to the skull. Um, but it, it, again, repeat offenders, guys who get suspended all the time, are supposed to get punished more, not fined $5,000. Nas is going to get five to 10 playoff games, I imagine. And Wilson got nothing. I, I don't so, understand it. Steve, there, there's something about the repeat offender thing that's confusing people. Can you clarify what that is? No. Okay. <laughs> so it, there was, you had a conversation and I just thought, I, I don't quite, still quite get it. Yeah, here. So let me, let me try to find the conversation I had with my special unnamed source here. Um, basically. Uh, it was hat guy. 
Yeah, hat guy sent me. People get this so wrong. If they decide to suspend you, your history becomes a factor. Absolutely. Repeat offender is purely to determine level of monetary loss. And what what I didn't understand from that explanation is where does the 18 months thing come in? Mm-hmm. The because under under the assuming this is correct, which I've now been given the impression it's not. If you were suspended more than 18 months ago, you're no longer a repeat offender, which, believe it or not, would make Nazem Kadri of all people, who's now suspended three of the last four playoffs, not a repeat offender. Can I read you the uh, FAQ from the NHL player safety? Please. So I would love that. This is from NHL.com slash player safety questions. So the official source, their question is, hey, what is a repeat offender? The answer, a player is considered a repeat offender for 18 months following his most recent incident that resulted in a suspension. His status as a repeat offender in this category is used to determine the amount of salary forfeited should he receive another suspension. It is important to note that even if a player is not defined as a repeat offender, his past history may come into consideration when determining future supplemental discipline. So, if I'm understanding that correctly, the amount of games that the player gets isn't affected by the 18th month rule. The amount of games the player gets is, is only uh, only the fine that's levied against him is affected by the 18th month rule. But when you're evaluating the suspension for the players, you can take into consideration who the guy is and his reputation. It's just the NHL eating soup. soup It's it's very both sides of your mouth. (laughs) That's lawyer speak. That's we don't want to get pinned down to one thing. Yeah. Also, Nazem Kadri should sit the rest of the series. I think we'd all agree with that. I think that's pretty hard to disagree. Yeah. You ever you ever just wake up and have an an unquenchable thirst to understand hockey like just i i i i really do feel like like friggin like sisyphus like tantalus like it, i i feel like like sometimes that i see that 18 month rule and and it's an oasis in the desert and i get there and there's no answer i i don't understand it listen if george peros likes you you're good <laughs> likes tom I want to read you a statement like that John Tavares put out 50 seconds ago, if that's okay. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. This is from at 91 Tavares on Twitter, obviously. Uh, the support I felt since last night cannot be put into words. I'm thankful to share that I'm coming back home and recovering. Thank you to my family, friends, teammates, the Maple Leafs organization, Leafs Nation, and the hockey community for being by my side. Also, thank you to both medical teams, emergency services, and everyone at St. Mike's Hospital for their exceptional care to help me get back on my feet. I look forward to when I can wear the maple leaf on my chest again. Until then, I'll be cheering for the boys along with Leafs Nation as we compete for the Stanley Cup playoffs. JT. That's something. There you go. It's something. I mean, I'm amazed how much we've heard from him. I am too. I am too. Yeah. Um, Um, Just one last question on Nazem Kadri. Is this proof he will never learn his lesson? Well, I can't if 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 past predictors are or if past behaviors are the best future predictors of behavior, uh, which they are, 
it would seem we have a trend here. Steve went into it three or four years. It's, it's like if you're a team destined for the playoffs, if you're a team on the fringe, you're the Canucks. You could, you could probably take a guy like Nazem and go, listen, we got to make the playoffs in the first place, so who cares? But, you know, that there was that article, and I think it was Platinum Seat Ghost that had it, where he, he looked it up, and, like, Nas was like, what are the chances a third time? Like, this isn't going to happen a third time. And yet, is that, what is that a real? Said? He, that's a real quote, and I remember that quote. And I believe oh, it was getting the Athletic. No, okay. it wasn't Booth. That's a real thing. I remember reading it. And, you know, a lot of people at the time said, yeah. Uh, what are the chances? But we, we said, what are the chances he gets suspended again? And if you'd asked us before the 17th or the yeah, 18th playoffs, hey, what are the chances Nazem Kadri gets suspended this series? We'd be like, I don't know. Probably pretty, pretty slim. Um, I, think, I think when it comes to him, I think, you, I think you can't build a team with that guy playing a pivotal role if you're expecting to make a deep run. And the only time... But he, it, if we are what our actions dictate, now we shouldn't be only judged by our worst moments, but we've now got three major bad ones, right? It's, it's also proof he won't escape his past. And I, I look at this hit as so different from the two things he was suspended for with the Leafs. Uh, 2018, he lost his temper. 2019, he lost his temper. This is a bad hit. Like, there's no, you're up 3 1. Why are you so upset? Like, I, I don't think it was a temper thing. I think it was just, you know, if this is his first offense, ah, it's still a bad hit, but we're probably talking like two, three, something like that, which is everyone keeps saying two games that I've seen, like, oh, it's the playoffs. He's not going to be considered a repeat offender. Man, I think they are going to throw the book directly at his forehead. There, he's got to pay the your don't be dumb tax, yeah. you know, like stop being an idiot tax. And, like, okay, so he's been first of all, he's the only player I've ever seen be suspended for uh, not an actual amount of games. He was suspended, <laughs> yeah, for, for the rest of the series. I've yeah. never heard of that in my entire life. It was I, a round I don't know if that's ever happened sus- before. It was a round one suspension versus the Bruins. That was that was very yeah. odd. The only other one I can think of, I don't know if Aaron Rome was given four games or if he was given the end, the rest of the series in the Stanley Cup final um, in 2011. But he's played 36 NHL playoff games, Stanley Cup playoff games. 15 of them were last year. He's been kicked out of three of those games. He's been suspended for... Let's let's do the counting. In 2019, it was one, two, three, four, five games, mm-hmm. and then in 2018, I believe wasn't it two games? I think he was gone game two, game three, game four. Okay. So there's eight. So it's eight plus whatever he gets now, and like by the time this is this thing is awarded, he'll he will have been suspended for like a third of his eligible Stanley Cup playoff games. And it's even worse uh, when you twenty, you know, twenty thirteen he wasn't suspended, twenty seventeen he wasn't suspended. If you just count from twenty eighteen onward, it's 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 like half something like that. I haven't done the actual math, D- dude. That's 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 worse than a fifth liner. You you can't have this guy on your roster if you can't trust him. Now, what's amazing is this story 
could still very well end with him winning a Stanley Cup. Sure. Yeah. Uh, sure. The Colorado Avalanche are a spectacular team, and he makes them even better. I, he had 18 points in 15 games last year. This dude's great. I don't think but, anybody's. I don't think anybody wants to see him fail. No thing. It's it's just you know it's not it's not that we're out here going like let's do a hit piece on Kadri today. All right, boys, break. Let's go. Like it's 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 more like this is the reality of it. The 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 abs are very very good. He could be back. He could go, score the Stanley Cup winning goal, and I'm sure a bunch of abs fans will will erroneously tweet us the picture. And I, I it's not. It has nothing to do with the fact that he is not a good player or a player that we don't personally all believe in. We had him for years in Toronto. Years. And he was traded because of this. I'm mad and I'm disappointed. Yeah, it's like it's your son. Yes. Right? Yeah, not but and. I'm mad and disappointed. So... Anyway, that's I, I think I think it'll be interesting to see how that I'm I'm sort of shocked that the suspension hasn't come down yet, which tells me that the NHL is is hiding behind the uh, the smoke screen that is what's happened with Tavares today to take their time and figure this out. You're you're going to be able to read the title of the rule book just above his eyebrows. Look, <laughs> they're they're going to whip the book at this dude. You think so? Was, yeah, that was that a very really- odd way to put it. <laughs> Dude, they are gonna. I don't know. I like I like playing with words. They're fun. Uh, But they are they're gonna they're gonna ding this guy something fierce. I think, or Uh, he'll get a game because it's we have no idea. Spin the wheel. Right. Right. Well, it's a it's a wild one. Uh, By the way, news today that uh, the Florida Panthers will start. Sergei Bobrovsky for game four. They did win last night. We're up three to one, went down five to three, somehow pulled it out in overtime. Unbelievable. Um, and I didn't have can, a good game. Like that was no, I, I get it, going back to Bobrovsky here, but anytime you can get uh, Radko Gudis on the score sheet, I think that's a win. <laughs> Cause Hey, let's play. Where's Radko Gudis playing this year? Like right. who knew he was a Panther and there it is. You know that's what I mean? Where, that's where everyone goes. Let's play retired or a Panther. Patrick Hornquist, <laughs> Panther. So Rad Kogutis, Panther. It's a fun game. We should play that. Yeah. Radic Dvorak, retired. Nope, retired. He's retired. One of the storylines from that game, the Panthers game, was Keith Yandel was scratched. That was the first time since 2009 yes. he was scratched. And they're say- the NHL officially is still counting his Ironman streak because he's, he's 46 away from the record of consecutive games played. And apparently that's only for regular season games. So the Ironman streak is still alive. So there's two things from that. One, should that be how it's worked? He was scratched. He'd probably The Ironman streak should probably end. And two, did Florida play Keith Yandel all season because one, the locker room got really upset pre-game, preseason when everybody was said that he was going to be scratched early on. And then did he keep playing all season, even though he probably wouldn't have made the lineup originally just because of his, of his he, Ironman streak? He had a good year. He, he had, had a good year. There were, there were times when there were other defensemen who could have slotted in instead of Keith Yandel. And you know what's and amazing? This is proof of that because when the games actually matter, they scratched him. Uh. This dude played two games. He had two assists. Yeah. Like, but I, mean, I guess there's there's more to it. More than to that. it. I yeah. think there's two records, Jesse. There's there's the regular season record, which is the Iron Man one that he has uncontested, and then you include it with the playoffs as well. So now he's no longer eligible for that record, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But yeah, he can't be. But like, it's weird. 
like playoff records no one really seems to care it's very odd like who are the top five playoff scorers of all time everyone can rattle off uh regular season playoff i don't know i don't know because it doesn't matter it's who won the cup it's who won yeah you do whatever it takes just to win the cup no one yeah yeah, no one cares last year nathan mckinnon won the after two rounds con Smythe. <laughs> but they don't put that one in the Hall of Fame. It's weird that they don't do that. They should. No, you would think I, they would. I've been lobbying them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Carlson's from 2017. It's all shiny. Yeah, it looks yeah. looking good. Um, uh, you know, just to kind of update around the obviously Colorado's up. Uh, Panthers coming back. I don't know if they're gonna if they're actually gonna store back in this series. It was nice to see them get one. Carolina's up over Nashville. Not really that surprising. Pittsburgh, though, I did want to talk quickly about Pittsburgh. Um, Crosby. Okay, so first off, a line brawl in a playoff game. When Mm -hmm. was the last time we saw that? Like an official one, very rare. But they happen after every whistle if you're playing Boston. Right, but that was like officially official. Yes, yes, yeah. I mean... And then I said on the last show, hey, is this the last, you know, high-scoring game that we're going to see between the Islanders and Pittsburgh? And, of course, they go out and score nine freaking goals against each other. Yeah, yeah. So, we, we said, hey, we'll never see seven goals in a game between these two teams ever again. And then it happened the next game. The, Thanks, the, guys. <laughs> the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs is that TikTok, all right, that's good. That's good. Okay. All right. That's enough. That's enough slices. It's... I, I'm having trouble keeping up like I do every single year. There's just so much happening. Um, and Crosby obviously, did what? That's me every second night. And Boston is up two to one on the Caps, which I mean, oh, we every... need to talk about how the Caps blew that game. Well, okay. Ilya Samsonov please, specifically. Please yeah. take that. So Samsonov, who leaves the puck behind the net, and then just uh, and then there, there's the OT winner, and the goal that led up to that was um, the Nick Dowd penalty. So I don't oh. know if you guys caught this, but Nick Dowd, the the play is in the offensive zone, a million miles down the ice. Nick Dowd in the at center ice, high sticks a guy. Um, it's two to one at the time. That power play leads to a goal. It's two two. You go to OT. Samsonov leaves the puck behind the net, and uh, Boston. Um, oh my God! What a stupid penalty! Yeah. Infuriating, like like Spezza on Weber last night. I think it was Weber where he tripped him, like two hundred <laughs> feet away. You know, infuriating. The mental breakdown from the Capitals. That game was just. Ooh, it was next level. Jesse, did you hear my reaction just now? No, what'd you do? I went, oh my God, what a stupid penalty. You know what's amazing? It's a Nick Dowd high stick from 2018. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even the right one. It's not even the right one. It's a double minor and he just decapitates the guy. Goodness gracious. There was no blood, but it was was awful. It was in the middle of the ice for no reason. It was just a guy was, um, I forget who he high stick, but he was just ahead of him in the foot race. Mm. It was terrible. Anyways, that that made me up. I yelled at my TV when Nick Down did that. Good, I'm glad. <laughs> I, I I like the visual of you yelling at your TV. So um, the, and I I do want to quickly like two minutes on the Jets and Oilers because that was quite the surprise. Winnipeg coming in and winning not two to one but four to one. Connor Hellebuck, the difference, obviously. But when you look at how this, do you not? Okay, so you guys feel about the Leafs how I feel about the Edmonton Oilers. I feel like Winnipeg won, but it's only a matter of time. 
I don't so know. the Jets are premium 2013 Leafs. They mm-hmm. they are. They have more skill, and I mean. I don't want to say better goaltending because James Reimer was on one in 2013, but Connor Hellebuck is the reigning uh, Vesna trophy winner, I believe. Um, or at least nominee. They like, uh, so I tuned in in the game. Here's what I saw. Winnipeg jets scoring chance. Five minutes of the Oilers playing absolute keep away. Winnipeg jets score a goal. <laughs> Five minutes of the Oilers playing keep away again. The Oilers score a goal. The the Jets never have the puck. The shot counter doesn't quite tell the story. They're rarely ahead in that department. They never have the puck, this team. But they have the skill, and they're really opportunistic. They're great finishers, and they get saves. Mm-hmm. They're... In a, in a way, they're the Oilers' worst nightmare, and I wish I wish I had... I wish I had seen this better. Because, yes, the Oilers ate their food in the regular season, but they're not a great defensive team. And if they run up against a goalie, you're about to have a bad time. I still think they win. I think both Canadian teams that lost the first round or first game in the first round will end up winning the first round, but Mm -hmm. uh, both of them feeling a very human chill crawl up their spine. No kidding. Okay, now, Jesse, we've never done this before, so are are we doing the press conference, or what are we doing here? Uh, Sure. We've got 10 minutes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Presser SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. I'm loving the pilot of the first hour show. There's a a pace. We're moving. We're moving. Steve, yes. this is a question from you for you from Lonely Hockey One. We're gonna do a little Steve Zoo stories. Okay. Okay. For what for Steve, what animal made the worst sound? Oh huh. What animal sh- made the worst sound? Or menacing. We yeah. can add like not a, my, annoying and menacing. Can you answer both? Yeah, well, okay. The one of the perks of the job is like if you if you get there around like you know eight quarter quarter after eight in the morning, no one's there, and you can literally hear the lions waking up in the distance, roaring in the distance, dude. It is that is a that is something. It uh, it's the sort of thing you remember when some pushy dad is giving you shit for no good reason. Uh, but it's, so that's pretty cool. Um, maybe the donkey, because there was a, in the kid zoo, there was a donkey and it was right by the pony rides where I would sometimes work. And this thing, there were certain days where if it was pissed off, you just have to listen to this. Like friggin', it was horrible, horrible. Like every once in a while, it's kind of funny. You go, that's a donkey. When it's all day, I'm like, someone get the donkey. <laughs> Help it. Do the 
Do what donkeys like. I know I'm not a zookeeper. I'm just some asshole who works here. But come on. Now, is the donkey? Are there were there like rides or whatever? Like, could you ride a donkey? Or no, you cannot ride a donkey. You cannot. Okay. No. The the they were none of the animals that belonged to the Toronto Zoo. You could ride. Okay, which it is good. All, so the camels were owned by the Bowmanville Zoo, and the donkeys were owned by some guy. I don't okay. remember who. Yeah, that was a weird. It's just funny, you know, like they've got all these exotic animals like pythons, lions, elephants, giraffes. Python ride. And then they've got donkey, which is a very like, you know, it's like we have uh, uh, your average uh, uh, cow here over on your right. Yeah. Um, it's very pedestrian. Yeah. One, one of the <laughs> most. You guys want to see a chicken? <laughs> we got we Canada a dog. <laughs> You know? Yeah, the neighborhood. But one of the here. yo, I'd, I'd go see the dog. Come on. <laughs> Could you pet the dog? One of the most popular animals. One of the most popular animals among tourists, especially ones from overseas, was the raccoon. Really? Oh, the yeah, they don't have, they don't have them. Else, yeah. yeah, they don't have them. There were so like, many. Uh, I would call them like, trash pandas. They're like, ooh. I forget there was somebody from like North America that I ran into, like that they're not ran into, but they were here and they were like obsessed with squirrels. Yeah, I have uh, like my family comes from the Caribbean and like when they would visit my family growing up, they would freak out at squirrels because they'd never seen it. It's not it's not a typical thing. So they'd be like, what's a monster running around the yard and up the trees? This little thing. <laughs> little <laughs> black giant rat. Rat. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're kind of scary if you don't know what a squirrel is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, but we're like, ah, get out of here. Yo. But like I go to Florida and I saw a little lizard. And I was like, woo, because we don't really have lizards. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And in Florida, we're like, we got a crocodile, you know? Yeah, uh, we have bigger lizards than that there, friend. <laughs> um, don't touch them. <laughs> so uh, raccoons, very, very popular. With, and the uh, answer on the sound. We got Donkey, the lion. Right. Donkey and lion. Lions Adam. are cool. They're cool. Very cool. Adam, um, I have... I have a question for you, Adam, in each of my hands and on both of my feet. Oh, God. I, I, only, have, I only have two hands, so I got to put the other question. Where do you put the fifth question, Jesse? So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. That's Think it. About All right. It. So here are the questions. Okay. You on get top to of his head. Yeah, exactly. You get to pick one. The Siege of Malta. Okay. Attack of the Dead Man in World War One. Okay. The Blitzkrieg from Second World War. Okay. Or the Great Depression. Pick one of those categories and I will ask you the question. It's like Jeopardy style. Okay, let's do Blitzkrieg. Blitzkrieg. Let's go. All right. This is sports related. Taylor C underscore 2112 on Twitter. Mm -hmm. For Adam's History Corner, I'd love to hear Adam's take on Blitzkrieg from the Second World War. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know if there's a take so much as it's an interesting story, but uh, basically Blitzkrieg in German means lightning war. And, um, and, And the idea behind it was instead of marching a bunch of people slowly at each other and then facing, you know, mounting your gun on your shoulder and then, okay, I'm going to fire around now. It's your turn, which is what they had to do with muskets. Uh, As soon as rifling technology uh, was invented, you had, um, you know, bullets, instead of shooting straight out of a gun, they, in in microscopic little ways, they roll out of a gun. 
um, and spin so that it makes the bullet go faster and it makes it more accurate, believe it or not. That's what rifling is. And so- yeah, And if uh, you're in that one movie, you can curve the bullet. That's right. What's that called? <laughs> that stupid <laughs> that's movie. That awful movie. Oh, it's yeah. bad. It's Angela Jolie. Shitty gun movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to shitty guns. Bendy bullets. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait for bendy bullets too. Bendy bullets. Listen, if you think, if you're doubting whatever idea you have for a screenplay right now, remember that that was a movie. Wanted. 2008. Wanted. Well, Wanted. there you go. Oh, creative title terrible. too. So good. Yeah. You know what they wanted? Rubber bullets. There you go. <laughs> bendy rubber bullets. So curve a bullet. So yeah. to make a long story short, in World War One, a bunch of people in the first six months of the war shouldered their rifles and marched in column, shoulder to shoulder, six, seven people deep. So imagine there's 25 of me that way, 25 of me that way, six deep, and then there's another row and another row, and there's hundreds of thousands of me. That's a lot. That's just scary. It's a lot of me. And they're all, and we're all just marching in goose step, lockstep, uh, across a field at each other, while gigantic howitzers are blowing us to pieces. Oh, and by the way, our enemies are doing the same thing and we're going to line up and we're just going to shoot each other. And that's how the first six months of the, of world war one kind of played out. So you had, um, this, this, you know, insane amount of loss. Like I think France lost 250,000 people in a month, in a month, 250,000 people like that. And, you know, so what they had to do was create, trenches, which we've all seen on the Western front, you know, and then the war becomes intractable. And one of the reasons that the trenches stuck around so long was because they, their whole, the military commanders could not get their brains around the fact that what do you mean if I throw 10,000 guys at that particular spot, I'm not going to be able to take it. What do you mean? And that's because none of the generals actually went to the front and went, oh, there's machine guns. So they just mow us down. Crazy. There are stories, especially in the first year of the war, of people literally crawling over mountains of bodies to try to attack the other line. They would just fall on each other. Like there's the accounts that people have are astounding. When you really get back into like when, when, the, when the Germans got into um, Belgium, like just unbelievable stories of just absolute carnage. And so what happens is you have for three more years, you have the British and the French and the Germans just throwing, throwing bodies into a meat grinder and they just, and that's what happens. So long story short, the Brits figure out, oh, we sh- if, we, if we armored a car and, and drove it across no man's land, we might be able to break the lines. That's where the tank comes into, into mind. And what happens is over the course of time, you start to realize that, oh, if we, if we move quicker and we move with armored vehicles, we're going to be able to break this line. And when they retreat, they're not even going to be able to retreat into their, their, their trenches from before. They're just fucked. We can keep them on the run. And the whole idea with Blitzkrieg was to avoid what happened in World War I. So I told you all of that slow war stuff to tell you that the Germans perfected a method and they did this before the Nazis even came into power. They were working with Russia. Believe it or not, Russia was helping to supply them training and weapons because they were not allowed under the Treaty of Versailles to actually train soldiers on their own soil. They weren't allowed to have a big army. They weren't allowed to have an air force or a navy at all. So they would send these guys to Russia. They'd come back. And believe it or not, they developed Blitzkrieg under Russian tutelage. But Russia lost all of that information when Stalin went through all the purges he went through in the 1930s. So the Russians were well aware of 
what Blitzkrieg was. And they killed all their generals. So then the, the information just was held with the Germans, which is very, very interesting in and of itself. Fast forward to, uh, let's say, 1939. Uh, Russia and Germany agree to divide Poland. And, you know, Ru Germany goes in with like 500 tanks. And the Poles are sitting there and they're going, we're going to fight you back. We've got cavalry, literal men on horses, literal men on horses. And the Germans are so quick, their air force, their tanks, their infantry all work in tandem at the same time. And they're able to knock out like 90% of the Polish air force in a day gone. And that's what Blitzkrieg is. It's this big punch. Now the problem with Blitzkrieg, it worked in France as well, by the way, that's why France fell. It was so quick and so fast that the French didn't know what to do. But the problem with Blitzkrieg is if you have an enemy that can take a punch, then you are exposed because you are pushing so far into their area that you can stretch your supply lines. So your tanks start to break down. You start to run out of gas. Your soldiers literally are marching so fast and so far that the, the shoes are falling off their feet. They're just wearing out. And that's what happened when Germany went into Russia. They made enormous gains in 1941, I believe. 1941 is the first year they went in. Crazy, almost took Moscow, diverted for a second, then went back, changed their plan. Shouldn't If, if they wanted to win the war, they shouldn't have done that. Um, but what happens is Russia is so big, it just devoured them. It's so big that the Russians just said, okay, we're going to burn everything and we'll keep, keep retreating, keep retreating, keep retreating. And then we're going to let you overstretch. And then we're going to let winter pound the shit out of you. And then we're going to attack you. And that's sort of Adam, what happened. Yes. Adam, what's the, what's the name of that phenomenon where the ground flash freezes in Russia? It starts oh, with God. an M, I think. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name. I don't know. That. Yeah. So, so what would I love when every now and then I'm like, I know a thing. Um, so what would basically happen is it just pisses rain, pisses rain in Russia and the ground gets mucky and awful and you just sink into it. And in a day frozen. Yes. And you're just stuck. Your vehicles yes. are stuck. Can't your start supplies the are stuck. You're stuck. Nothing works. You're just, what do you do? You either stay still or retreat. And uh, I mean, those are your options. You can't advance. Yeah. I forget what and, it's called. Well, and that's that's what happened. So so Blitzkrieg was extremely effective if you are working in a temperate climate, which Eastern or sorry, Western Europe is, and you have an end in sight, as in France, you could drive it in what, in a day? You can drive across it. Um, Russia is going to take you a while. And so that method of warfare was inevitably what lost uh, the Germans, uh, what they were trying to do, which was take over Russia so that they could resettle it. So it's a, it's a, it's a unbelievably effective type of war that changed how war was done. And, and I think it was like the first massive, massive change in like 500 years. We're talking about a complete, it used to be like, let's get nose to nose and then we're going to shoot. And before that, let's get nose to nose and we're going to fire arrows and sword fight each other. Um, this was, this was a, uh, a massive change. Nobody knew how to react to it, but there is a fatal flaw. And that is if you have enough land, they're going to, you're, you're going to get sucked up into it. And that's what happened. So that is my, I don't know if that's my take, but that's what Blitz, Blitzkrieg was. And that's why you see in football, the Blitz, right? You send all your guys at the quarterback all at once. Is that where the, the term comes from? That's right. But the fatal flaw <laughs> with the Blitz is that you are, you are very what? able to a pass. I learned something today. 
Yeah, it's all the veterans came home, and that's where they named named that play is the Blitz Blitzkrieg. Wow. Oh. Yeah. All right. That's why I said there's a we learned. So there you go. <laughs> oh, okay. That was sports. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice, nice like, circle there. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, awesome. it leaves you vulnerable to the pass, right? If you get if you don't catch the quarterback in time, you could be mm. fucked. So that's why it's uh, anyway. Long story short, that's Blitzkrieg. I'm sure there's much like if historians do listen to this show, I know you do. Um, I know I missed a couple details in there, but that's sort of the overview. Yeah, this isn't Dan Carlin. Lower no, your no, <laughs> like come on. <laughs> what a weird hockey show. I know. What if I we know. just switch places one day? This is the part where William Nylander fills in on the second line as center. Like, I would just, Although, I just want to. It's going to be Kerfoot. So, how be about no. Oh, no, apparently it's uh, either Nylander or Felino. Really? Who do we like? Who do we like? Who, sa- who said that? Here, let me let me bring it up. We might uh, as well. That's do the this lines of practice. Felino was the center at lines of practice. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. I have, what did I have here? Let me, let me, let me, let me. I was thinking Felino, Kerfoot, Nylander, Engvall, Nash, Mikheyev. Okay. Hyman, Matthews, Marner, Galchenyuk, Felino, Nylander. This is according to Chris and Chilton. Uh, Engvall, Kerfoot, Mikheyev. That makes sense. They play together a lot. Grumpy old men line stays together. You better friggin' be better. Uh, defense is the same. Anderson and Riddick were the goalies because Campbell had a maintenance day. I will be very shocked if he's not the goalie for games. Yeah, I saw people yeah. freak out over uh, CJ's tweet that Campbell wasn't at practice. And they're like, ah, Anderson. But no, he's Campbell's going to play. Yes. Yes. Hmm. All right. He was fine. He allowed two goals. Oh, yeah. Campbell How many games are the Leafs going to lose where they allowed just two? Not many. Very little. Not, Not many. many. Go Leafs go. Friday night, or sorry, Saturday night, we will have a game. And then, guys, back, we're back Monday. One thing. Yes. Uh, SDPN.ca updated its shop with a couple new items. There's like a uh, handful of stuff there, including a mug with Adam Wiles' mug on it. His, his very hey. creepy face. Wait. There's also like a water bottle in there. There's some shorts now. You get a snapback. There's a couple of new things. God, I hate that, Adam. Uh, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be updated regularly uh, throughout the playoffs. So like, go, go get some merch if you want some merch. You look like uh, headband Pennywise. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> by the way, shout out to all the people in the YouTube comments who are so triggered by my headband. You guys okay? You can be okay? Just a headband. It's all right. Uh, now, uh, we will be back Monday. Let us know what you thought about the third episode this week. I kind of liked it. Moved quick. Me too. I, I went too long at the beginning. I think that's why we went long. Okay. Well, hey, we love you. We'll be back Monday. See you then. And if you're in Canada, happy Victoria Day. Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W Y L D E and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.